0: The four horsemen. What you
1: have here is the four horsemen united, live, and excited color. Um, not those four horsemen. These four horsemen discuss theology from different viewpoints, different perspectives, as we show people how to have discussions without turning into a keyboard warrior. Are you stupid? Now, here's the four horsemen.
2: All right. Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, to another exciting episode, podcast of the Four Horsemen of the Apocalypse, or (laughs) Four Horsemen podcast, I'm sorry. Uh, Joining with me today, we have the venerable Adam Black to my right. Uh, We have a newcomer. So glad to have Mr. Ray Brickhouse with us, Pastor Ray Brickhouse of Oak Forest
1: Baptist. He prefers first apostle, right? First apostle. apostle yeah, person. absolutely.
2: Ray, why don't you uh, say hello to the people and uh, let them hear your voice? Hello, everyone. <laughs> Good to be Ooh, here. What a voice. That's a buttery, soft voice. <laughs> and over here uh, across from me, sitting, um, by the way, is Mr. Benjamin Kerfman, who has set up this beautiful office here. So, we're, you gave a wonderful description of the office as I walked in. If a library and a Cracker Barrel had a baby, <laughs>
1: yes. it
2: would be the, that would be what we would be sitting yes. in. I right. just don't see <laughs> a
1: horse. I don't sure see it. a horse castrator on the wall. <laughs> cracker Barrel's the one place. I'm not there. even
3: sure I know what that looks like, but I'm okay with that. <laughs> so Notice uh, Derek didn't ask me to say anything like he did Ray. So. Oh,
2: we know you're going to get your two cents in, right? <laughs> we were just giving Ray first dibs. <laughs> so um, we're so excited to have Ray with us, by the way. I know we introduced him, but um, he's just moved up here to Western North Carolina. I think you said you've been here about 10 weeks. Something like that, yeah. Yep. Close. So he's um, starting a new church, Oak Forest Baptist. I know didn't I mentioned start that.
0: it didn't start. Well, he's yeah, starting started,
2: he at, started at a, sorry, yeah. sorry, about that. Should have been more clear. Starting at Oak Forest Baptist. And uh, we'll be praying for him as this is a replant or a revitalized, rather. And uh, so he's got a lot of, of uh, ground ahead of him. And I'm glad that he's with us and that he's in the fight. And he's a good brother. I got to meet him for the first time on the ride over and hear a little bit of his story. You're going to enjoy him. Uh, Brother Adam tells me he's got an awesome testimony as well. He does. He and, does. Yes. And so maybe um, he can share a little bit. I thought you were that. talking about Adam's testimony. And I'm like, we're still praying
3: for him. <laughs>
1: <Yeah>. <laughs> Ray preached at Fruitland last week, and I was convicted of my sins, but I didn't hear Adam <laughs> come to know Jesus.
3: They didn't do the sinner's prayer, so he, yeah, he missed that opportunity. Sinner's
0: prayer, but I did try to take him to Scott Thompson after the service yeah. and, and said this is my closer, and Adam didn't want to listen to him. Uh, so.
3: He got a... Uh, he got convicted, but he didn't get, uh, they didn't seal the deal. No, there you go.
0: I didn't sign
2: a
1: card.
3: So,
2: walking out, sign a card, say a prayer. Am,
3: that's right. Get a box of tithing envelopes. There you go.
2: <laughs> I heard a preacher say one time he was baptizing somebody. He said, I'm going to hold him down till he says, says tithe. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's pretty good. All right. So, the topic for today, we're going to be delving into social media conduct. How are we to behave and act online? Uh, especially as Christians, leaders, pastors, um, good church members, and so on, because we see a lot of craziness out there in the social media world. Here's a little factoid for you. Studies show that we are spending more and more of our lives on social media. In fact, according to an article put out by Science Times in December of 2020, listen to this, the average American spends two hours and three minutes a day on social media, and in fact, that number has risen ten percent since the start of the COVID pandemic. Um, so that's pretty astounding when you think about. We're devoting that much time in our day. You said two hours, and two what? hours and three minutes on wow. average, online. So, and that number is going up. We're spending more and more of our lives interacting um, on the digital platforms out there. And of course, if you've spent any amount of time on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram. I know there's. Uh, it seems like there's a new social media platform like every week coming out. Metaverse. Uh, yeah, uh, it's a double edged sword, and like so many tools out there in the world, it's intrinsically it's benign, right? It's it's not good or bad. It's how we wield it that makes the difference. So social media has that potential for great good or evil. Uh, on the positive side. Social media allows us to be more connected than ever and to get our message out there, to promote our church, to communicate with a lost world, um, to getting conversations with people that we would never really have the opportunity to meet face-to-face. It's also, on the negative side of that, it's a cesspool of (laughs) sniping and trolling and disinformation, feuding, name-calling, and just general
1: ignorance (laughs) um not for many of us though of course no those days are behind me (laughs) i try i got into it yeah in the
2: introduction you hear the uh phrase used um the keyboard warrior oh yeah right so we've all run into those kind of
3: updated my facebook uh bio yesterday as recovering edge yeah
2: we're all in a certain way (laughs) repenting of that so as i I touched on a little bit ago as Christians, church members, pastors, and so on, social media opens up that new can of worms of how we're going to live in this digital world. Um, We've all seen believers come out with highly charged political posts, memes. Uh, We've seen articles. We've seen pictures posted by believers that are questionable, if not risque at times. Um, Others, in the church seem to use social media as a way to argue. They just want to get in an argument and prove to other people how smart they are, or how better their theology is compared to somebody else. Um, I've seen church fights. I've, I've experienced church fights start online. And then, you know, you've got to deal with that as a pastor. And that's, that's really strange, especially in the COVID era, where you've got some people at church fighting with people Online, who aren't even attending church because of COVID or whatever, um, so all of that adds up to a, a damaging witness for the gospel, right? As the world is kind of on the fringes watching that. Um, so I want to turn it over to you guys now, and y'all can just chime in as you see fit, as the as the Spirit leads. What are some of uh, major pitfalls that you've noticed um, Christians falling into on social media?
1: Ray, go for it. Welcome. Welcome. Yeah, yeah.
0: <laughs> I, I would uh, I would probably say politics is one of the major issues that we have on social media today.
2: You know, politics over faith. Politics over faith. Um, or a strange blending of politics <clears throat> and faith. Oh,
0: yeah, yeah. Christian nationalism that's not healthy, um, whether that's healthy at all, uh, could be de- debated as, as well.
2: But Now, can I stop you right there sure. to define that? term, Christian nationalism, for our audience? Because, I mean, we know what it means. I know we've used it on this program before, but somebody listening today for the first time may not be acquainted with that.
0: Well, I think that's even different. The definition is different mm-hmm. depending on who you are um, and and where you stand in that. Many people um, are pushing extremely hard to make America Christianized. Mm-hmm. They, they want everything to be uh, from the, the Christian perspective. Um, they, they want all leadership to be you know, Christians in, in those positions. Uh, they claim almost that uh, you know, we've got this dual citizenship in, in in a sense where they almost hold their citizenship in America as high as they do their citizenship in the kingdom of God. Mm-hmm. Um and, and so we've we've got to be extremely careful there. Uh, I just watched a documentary yesterday of a, a gentleman and I can't even remember the name of the church, but it was something like Patriot Church. Um, and, and, and you look at the, the stage and right behind established him, is Robert, Robert Jeffress? <laughs> no, no, this is a different church, but that, that could be another one that we could discuss. Um, but when you look at him, when he's standing in the pulpit, right behind him is a massive American flag, uh, you know, where that once used to be the place for the cross. Mm-hmm. Um, and yet now what you see when you're looking on the stage is that, and then when he began preaching, so-called, on a Sunday morning, he's basically just blasting BLM <laughs> or, you know, whatever it is that's the hot topic that he doesn't agree with. Mm-hmm. Um, he's up there blasting that, saying this is not this, you know, good or whatever. Um, so I think we've kind of lost sight in, in some cases of what we're there for. Mm-hmm. What is the purpose of the church? So I know... You guys have probably witnessed this too, but I've seen Christian
2: folk, good people, people that I would have a lot in common with, who actually post more about politics on Facebook than they do about Christ and the gospel. And as you're looking at that, you're thinking, well, <laughs> which is more important to you? Because just looking online, if I was uh, just an observer and I didn't know them, I would think, well, man, they're really political, and I never see anything in there, on there about anything spiritual or biblical or about the, the gospel. You guys backing me up on that? You see that too?
1: Well, I think that's one of the major pitfalls is that people are finding their identity in that, mm-hmm. in that rather character.
2: than the gospel
1: in that. Well, in the character character of who they are online. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, they, they try to present themselves in a certain way and, and they think they're quote unquote, an influencer. Um, they post pictures for likes. They post stuff for likes uh, on the comments, um so I think people are, are trying to find um it's like their identity and who they are is is in this personal in in, in Facebook or social media mm-hmm. in general. That's why you see so many young people wanting to become influencers and and they're wanting to have, you know, TikTok videos and they're wanting to become famous but they're not they're having to go beyond who they truly are mm-hmm. to get the quote-unquote likes. Um we it's almost like we've become a clickbait society i've even found myself and i'm just being honest is you know i'll post something and i'll go back why didn't anybody like it you know (laughs) like why didn't anybody comment i figured that would cause some drama and and, i must have got
3: shadow banned yeah Yeah.
1: so it's it so but then i reflect i'm like what am i doing here like what am i trying but you're
2: tapping into a real um spiritual issue there in the hearts of everybody Mm -hmm. right We're, we're all prideful people we want to be liked. We want that security. We want to have our ego stroked. Social media definitely feeds on that—the weak, the weaknesses, and the the desire to be accepted by the world. Um, and it's easy for Christians to fall into that, just as anybody else, right?
1: Good and bad. Yeah. You know, I mean, it's it's just uh, people will say things that they wouldn't say in person. I I, I read something today, actually. Uh, I was reading up on it that social media is how people know each other now as opposed to face to face
2: crossing the street, shaking a hand yeah. saying, Hey, I'm your neighbor. That's
1: how you know people. Yeah. But which again is good and bad. So like you were saying, what do people know you for? Well, that's not who I am. I, mm-hmm. Will you talk about Biden or you talk about Trump all the time? Mm-hmm. Well, that's not who I, well, that's what you're portraying yourself as. And so, um, that's, that's kind of the double-edged sword of it. So,
3: I think, um, you know, Jesus said, where your treasure is, there your heart will be. Mm. Or, yeah. Where your heart is, whatever. We got it. It's where in the Bible. is, there your it. heart will be also.
2: Yeah. Something like Sorry.
3: that. Sorry. I need more caffeine. <laughs> um, you know, I mean, that's what Jesus said. And you think about it. Okay, well, what do people treasure in our society? Well, as the economy uh, collapses intentionally, um, people don't have as much money. So money isn't where they put it. In. It's in their sense of self. That That is where their worth and their identity is. So then the question is, Uh, if yourself or or the way that people perceive you is your treasure then the way that you present yourself indicates what's going on in your heart so Mm -hmm. in in other words uh you post about what you care about Mm. and if you're posting more about politics or or even like family like your kids or whatever panthers you're posting more about that than all my doomed sports teams you (laughs) know yeah i mean if, if you're if you're Except Doing the that, then it shows you, you know, uh, what your priorities are. It's I, I tell my people all the time, when it comes to evangelism, evangelism. You don't have to memorize, you know, a five minute speech to give somebody about Christ. You don't do that with your team. You don't do that with anything else. You just you care about it. It's a part of your mm-hmm. life. It's something you're interested in, and it's just natural for you to talk about it. And so you witness. Yeah, evangelism training is be a Christian and 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 read love the Bible. Jesus and yeah. read your Bible. Yeah. And then, you know, nobody has to say, you know, well, I want to be a Tar Heels fan, so I'm going to spend, you know, two hours a day studying Tar Heels stats. So I know every Tar Heels player, and I know the game scores, and I know who did this and who did that. And I know nobody does that. They just enjoy watching it. It's a normal part of their life. It's it's a ritual for
2: them. (laughs) But, I used to know a lot of stats, <laughs> <yeah>.
3: <laughs> but 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 in general though, but, but you did the motivation for that wasn't somebody right. behind you with a stick saying, right. yeah. if you're going to be a good fan, you got to do this." It was that of what you, I, what you loved? Yeah. yeah, yeah. And yet you got so many people they could tell you everything about a political party or yeah. a bill that's in Congress or whatever or their team or whatever, and then they got nothing to say about Jesus. Mm-hmm. Like, but I'm a Christian, and I'm like, okay, if you did that with your team, everybody would think you were a joke. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's like that's like me saying that I'm a football fan like i've i've watched football games before i don't know anything about football and so if i pretended and oh yeah yeah i'm you know i'm a panthers fan I, you know and you're like name one person other than cam newton that plays for the panthers but can't do it sorry <laughs> you know like i know what sport it is you know it's american football that's a, that's about all i know i know what a touchdown is you know but then you got people in the in the church all the time like could you tell me uh, what must i do to be saved and it's like well, you know, it makes me feel That's kind of nervous. And it's like, you know, how'd your team do last week? And, oh, man, did you see yeah. this play? And they, I mean, they'll just give you the whole play by play of There's the game. Passion. And I'm, I'm like, hey, you know, there was another hour on Sunday that you were also watching something. <laughs> do you remember anything from that? It's called church. You know, and it's like, oh, well, I don't really remember. Depends on who's was preaching. Saying. That's right. <laughs> That's right. But
1: it, it, does deal with, it does deal with passion, too. I mean, like I've told our folks, you know, when Jesus said, you'll be my witnesses. Mm-hmm. It was easy for them like if 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 we walked with Jesus saw all that Jesus did we wouldn't be silent about it Right. Like we wouldn't be, you know, uh, if
3: you were one of the 400 witnesses that saw Jesus after he rose from the dead, you have something to say.
1: And you would, <laughs> and no matter what anybody tried to do, to you, you'd be that bold. Mm-hmm. But I, I have to believe that people haven't experienced Jesus in that, le- you know, the personal relationship with Jesus to a point that passion does come from that. Mm-hmm. That's why we're not passionate about it. But yet when they talk about a sports team, uh, political or politics, whatever it is. We can get extremely passionate about it because, like you said, that's where our heart is. Yeah, I
3: mean, the only experience that a person can have that's more powerful than like the feeling of their team winning or something like that is being born again, yeah. because nothing else compares to that. And so, when you haven't actually been born again, you've just been churched, then you don't really have anything to share. That's about. good.
1: That's
2: good. So, hey man, <laughs> hey man, we talked about politics over faith um, as a major pitfall. I'm gonna throw out a couple other ones that I. Sort of jotted down today. How about this? Getting caught up in trends without discernment. How many Christians do we see just jump on the bandwagon of the culture, less, what, less whatever name that them. might be? Like, for instance, example. I know back in 2020 when we had all the riots and all the craziness going on in the streets, you'd see Christians putting up the BLM a logo, the flag, or the clenched fist, or whatever it was, or the L B G T flag, or whatever. Uh, agenda is taking their attention at that moment. We see a lot of that, don't we? They just Mm kind of jump on the bandwagon because that's what everybody's talking about. They haven't really actually thought through it, nor do they have a biblical worldview that helps them to sort of sift through the ideas, like we
3: talked about, like with the Black Lives Matter thing, when that first started coming out, you had all kinds of evangelical Christians that are posting BLM stuff because they're like, well, of course, I'm, not, I'm right. not a racist. I think I think black people are important, and, and there was nothing wrong they they with their matter. heart in that matter, right? Yeah, it's like you know, well, obviously, I think that these people matter, and I think injustice is wrong, and you know, and so your average you know armchair theologian Christian, you know, is is like you know, well, yeah, of course, it makes sense that that matters, but like what you said, there's a difference between Black Lives Matter with Catholic capital letters and without capital letters mm-hmm. like
2: blm incorporated versus right yeah the, the statement
3: yeah so so there's a difference between a political organization and and an idea in mm-hmm. general you know and so mm-hmm. what you had is you had a confusion uh where people were saying you know well this is what i think i'm saying it's like well no actually actually you're saying something else so that's a result of just
2: spiritual shallowness just not really knowing
3: well and what i think there was supporting. intentional manipulation too, though. Right. i think the blm movement knew that that they can uh real people land with stuff like that it's it's intentionally sowing confusion
1: are you against blm are mm-hmm. you against black lives
3: right yeah you, oh oh you don't think so black lives matter yeah, it's it, like yeah okay is that really what we're talking about right. mm-hmm. yeah, that's the question the, you gotta ask <laughs> right
0: the first thing i did when i when this started happening was i went to their website
3: Right, and right. When I read Which they've their, changed.
0: And they, they have. But when I read their website, I went, oh, my goodness. Yeah. Do people not realize what they're actually pulling for? And no, they don't.
2: That's what I'm talking about. But the yeah, ignorance part of it. Like, that's right. Have you really looked into this. And or we are you just on the jumping, bandwagon.
0: We keep jumping so quick. And, and even when we see these crimes being committed and, and things that are going on in our, our nation and in our world, we immediately want to jump on the side. They're either guilty, not guilty, whatever. We we don't have the facts. The -hmm. investigation hasn't been done. Mm -hmm. We jump on because, in a sense, we want to be on the right side. I think a lot of people just Mm -hmm. want to be on the right side of things. So they think, well, if I jump on this side, then, then I, I'm going to be... With Virtue the, signaling? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And, and and I'm going to be seen as compassionate and mm-hmm. loving and caring towards other people. Uh, or some will say, well, in, you know, if I jump on this side, then I'm going against everything I believe. So I've got to jump on this other side. Um, but in reality, it's somewhere in the middle yeah. many times where we need to be. But we, we don't give it enough time to mm-hmm. get there. Mm-hmm. We don't get all the facts.
2: A couple of things there that come to mind. You know, Paul says to Timothy, uh, I believe it's First Timothy 3 or 4, he says that in the last days, people will be lovers of self. Mm-hmm. Man, that's totally where social media is at. Mm-hmm. Like we, we love ourselves. We want to see pictures of ourselves. We want to see our opinions validated. We want to live in this echo chamber where we hear our own ideas come back to us and we're validated in every single way. Um, our sin is applauded and um, all of that. And then the other thing that I was thinking about
3: along with that, was um, it just escaped me.
2: <laughs> it just left me. It'll come back to me. Uh, I was thinking me, about
3: but that, but then also I, I think that that um, kind of spontaneous culture that the Internet and social media has created of, Everything is just a few seconds here and there, and so you oh, you, yeah. you end up getting a headline. You don't read the research; you read the headline, mm-hmm. or you read the tweet, or you read whatever. I mean, that's like Twitter's like the worst possible place to try to have an actual discerning conversation. Oh, right? I know the character say. limit. You know about
2: discernment. You know, John says in First John four to test every spirit. Mm-hmm. Uh, don't don't believe every spirit because some of some of that is from the spirit of the antichrist. So we need discernment, mm-hmm. and that's not just telling what's black and white, but all the different shades of gray in there. Um, what's right from almost right is really what discernment gets down to. And it's easy to jump on the bandwagon on social media and not really check out and do your your due diligence and your homework and get that, that biblical discernment.
1: Well, Proverbs says, wise thoughts comes wise speech. Mm-hmm. You know, And, and I think, I, I, I was thinking when we were talking about the overreaction, the thing that popped in my mind that I did, I know that I did was, I think it was last year, um, Bubba Wallace, the NASCAR driver. If you remember the whole
2: noose, thing, the noose thing. Yeah.
1: I'm like, man, that is wrong. You know, that's absolutely wrong. You know, how dare them, you know, and, and everybody jumped on that bandwagon. We stand with Bubba and I think I even posted that come to find out is just the handle for the garage door. Um, and so I was like, ah, but I didn't, I wasn't slow. I, mm-hmm. I reacted quick.
2: Yeah. Social media does that, right? Mm-hmm. It's a knee jerk reaction. Well, the news. It does gets you triggered, and then you the just. The news jump creates in. a narrative like yeah. that.
1: Right. Like, mm-hmm. they, like that. like And so being able to, and we talked a little bit about that last week, is being able to de- determine what is actually true.
3: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, so, I, you know, we've got to be slow. Before you go hit and mm-hmm. send, be slow. Mm-hmm. <laughs> be thinking about it, you know.
3: Well, I think, you know, the example that comes to my mind when I think about. A wisdom and discernment is kind of the classic you know solomon with the baby you know the woman brings the baby and you know right this you know this woman rolled over in the night and smothered her baby and so she's claiming that this baby's mine or whatever and you know now i'm thinking about it, i'm like i don't preach a message on that but i mean it's a very it's very relevant it's when you look deep. at when you look at the context of that mm-hmm. to these issues of you've got two people that are that have got, have two narratives Right, and they're saying, and and both of them seem credible, and it's like, okay, well, how do you how do you exercise the discernment? And Solomon had had enough discernment one to do like y'all were saying. He waited to hear both sides of it, to meet them face to face, to see what was going on in the situation. He didn't just write a letter and said, "Well, I'm the king, and I'm decreeing that this is what you should do." He brought him in. Mm -hmm. I want to see this baby. I want to see the people. I want to get all the information I can. And then had enough discernment to say, okay, how, how can I set this up in a way that truly exposes, uh, exposes the heart of the matter? Mm -hmm. You know, so when he's like, okay, well, if you're both fighting over the baby, we'll just cut the baby in half. You can both have a half. Right. And he gets down to the heart of the matter of like, there's only one of these women that really cares about the child.
2: Mm -hmm.
3: And. He was, able, he was able to sort that out and then was able to determine the truth in that situation. And that's like what we've talked about with worldview and discernment and those kind of things is Absolutely. knowing how to ask the right questions and get to the heart of the issue, but you're not going to do that with a headline or a tweet or anything mm-hmm. else. It's going to take time you know, and information to make mm-hmm. discernment. That's been the hard thing with COVID, right? If you want to find a scientist to say whatever you want to hear, there's mm-hmm. somebody out there that'll say it. It doesn't matter what side you're on. The reality is... In five or ten years, we'll, we'll have much more discernment about what was right or wasn't right, or what's okay. When you're in the middle of it, sometimes you just gotta let things shake. Yeah, and down. we've
2: all had those endless debates about masks and vax and everything surrounding COVID. It's it's just been exhausting
3: well and and then and then the other thing is individualism, social media, ironically enough, even though it's centered on the self, it actually removes the individual from the equation because you it's your social media is just the collection of what agendas and movements that you've associated yourself with, so it's kind of like a collage of of ideologies, but you as a person just get lost in that so then like you said people know you by your social media well i know that you're you know you're for this agenda or this political party or this person or this team or this whatever and that's who you are as a person and it's like well no i mean there, i might have opinions or things that i like but there's more to me as a person than just mm-hmm. like the things that i click like on mm-hmm. but that gets drowned out right. there and so then even with the covid stuff that's where you get these uh uh, assuming motives, you know, Oh, will you take this political position or you take this position on mask or vaccines or whatever? Well, then you must be associated with all these other things over here. Instead of you actually being an individual and maybe having thoughts that are different from other people. Mm-hmm. Um, it, it, we just, we just like to categorize people.
2: So a couple more pitfalls here and then we'll move on. Um, maybe you're familiar with this term, the humble brag. You guys familiar with that? So, and we've all probably done this to a certain extent you know hey here here i am feeding children in africa here's a picture mm-hmm. of me and we put it on there and you know look at how good of a christian i am you seen
1: john chris's video on the mission <laughs> Oh no, <laughs> it's it's very funny because he's like all right it's boys, funny it, but convicting we've got a native come take your social media pictures with them and he's like standing
2: there like this. it's pretty funny. It makes me think of that passage um You know where Jesus is talking about. um, Make sure you do your giving Mm -hmm. in secret, Mm -hmm. because if you if you go out and to do it in public or pray in public, you've already got your reward. You've got your pat on the back, you got your like or your comment, and uh, it's easy to fall into that trap too, isn't it?
3: I just saw this. There's like a Facebook group for the community here. People post all kinds of stuff on there, and it's it's helpful in a lot of ways. It's like my social media. There's good stuff on there of people working together, whatever. But there was one the other day that was on there of somebody that was like, you know. Somebody bought my coffee, you know, in front of me at Starbucks the other day and just really blessed me. I just want to say thank you if that person's out there or whatever. But then all the comments around there are like, yeah, I usually do that for people. And and like, you know, uh, yeah, I did this good thing for somebody. It it was almost like this contest of like who was like the nicest person or whatever. And I'm like, yeah, I don't think that's how this is supposed to work.
2: Yeah, we we want... We want to have that moment captured where, I mean, look at me. Look how good a Christian I am. Look how loving I am.
1: Open Bible and coffee. Oh
2: my gosh. Yes. (laughs) Like every girl posts on Instagram. Right,
3: Right. Yeah. It'd be like it's um, not just girls. <laughs> like you've been studying that chapter for years.
0: <laughs> and it's staged, you know. Your coffee has to be read Oh yeah, right. you perfect. Their right. glasses have to be turned a certain way, right across right. the page. You know that sort of thing. I'm guilty I mean, of that. I it's get, not just girls. I get the spirit, like all that's
2: good and everything. Like I'm glad you're reading your Bible, like all that, but. You know what's the what's the real motive behind that? Why? Yeah. Why? Are,
0: why? Ooh, I just went back
2: Son,
1: thirteen.
2: <laughs> why are we doing him, that? <laughs> well,
0: I would say this too. There is a, um, I, I guess it can push <laughs> us a little bit. You know, especially being pastors in a church or leaders in a church, where we're doing good things in the community, and you know, as pastors, we want to kind of brag on sure. our people to yeah. a degree. You know, we want to say. A great job, look at what they were doing, you know, that sort of thing. Um, but it goes back to what you were saying, you know, we, we're, we're, we're not to put those things out there. But at the same time, you know, when you're in ministry and you're looking at the church and you're looking at reaching your community, you think, well, you know, the, the community needs to see us doing mm-hmm. these things. They need to see us doing good things in the community. And so there's always that struggle, I think, mm-hmm. you know, uh, if you're planning an event to go reach out to somebody in your community after it's over, you know, posting pictures of your church I mean, man, I'm so proud of these people and that sort of thing.
2: Yeah, I mean, I think it's all about yeah. the heart of yeah. the yeah. What's what's the but impact.
1: regardless, somebody could twist it. Yeah, it, it could be it, it, doesn't yeah. it Doesn't matter.
2: Like, I mean, when somebody comes forward in the church and they make a profession of faith and they want to get baptized, I I usually get a picture taken with them and I put it on our church page and say, hey, look, you know, and I
1: feel bad because we didn't baptize anybody that day.
2: But that's the thing is, people will reach. <laughs> Another pastor will read that and be
0: like, man, I,
2: I celebrate with you. But, but then again,
0: but you're right. putting it on your church page. See, I think right. there's a difference there too.
3: It's different than if, putting it on your own page. Of like... Yeah,
0: I think it is. I mean, if, if 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 I'm you know the pastor of a church, which I am, and we go out and do something in our community, if if I come back and I post, we'll just say, five pictures of the event um, helping somebody in the community on the church page, mm-hmm. then only people who are connected with the church— in that way, gotcha. on social media, are going to see that, and mm-hmm. so to me, that could almost be a recruiting tool for other people in your church to see. Hey, we're doing some things. It, it would be good to have you a part of that. Right. Yeah. But then if I turn around and share that to my own page, you know, now I'm broadcasting it to the world. I think mm-hmm. maybe there can be. Yes, there's a heart issue. Yeah, but-
1: and, I, and I would even say that. That would be wrong. Again, yeah. that's where I think that no matter what you post somebody out there can twist it no matter what yeah. if you oh, go yeah. at it with the right motives you celebrate I, I, there's been times where i'll i'll be sitting there just thinking about church that day and and what god's doing in our church man and I, i'll put out a like a praise on right it. but yeah. somebody could look at it and be like oh you're just bragging about comparison, this, comparison. Yeah, yeah and so but that i don't think because someone else can do that that means you need to stop it unless yeah. like you said check your heart
2: doesn't that right. show how fallen we are though like, oh absolutely well you know, yeah we can see somebody else succeeding and and god really blessing and we're sitting over here being jealous and envious yeah it, you yeah. know we're well, all twisted up about it like, I, think about, up we? I think
3: about the scripture it says you know we're supposed to spur one another on to love and good deeds yeah. mm-hmm. you know that's part of what we do and so there's there's a way to encourage people that's Centered on God and the gospel and not Mm -hmm. on the church, you know, and that is it is a hard line, you know, and I'm sure I mean, I'm not speaking for y'all, but I know for me, I'm sure I've crossed that line several times personally and with like stuff on the church or whatever in the past. But like last night, we were in the Waynesville parade and we got to hand out uh tracks and uh candy and different things like that and and be in the community, so yeah, we put up some pictures, but we tried to emphasize like on that post there's scripture in there mm-hmm. for one about bringing the gospel to the end of the earth and just thanking everyone who came and helped us, you know, share the gospel with Waynesville. So, but, but the purpose of that isn't like, you know, well, you know, we were one of, you know, only a few churches that were in the parade and we're more spiritual than right. it's like, if you make it a comparison thing, it's like, we're not, we weren't in competition with any other churches. It's just a matter of like, if there's a thousand people there and they'll take whatever you put in their hand, we're putting the gospel in their hand, mm-hmm. you know, and then God will do with it whatever he will. But there's a difference between that and being like you know post, posting up your Sunday morning attendance every week right. of, I just want to praise <laughs> God you know it, it's like it's like I tell people you know because we do the Lord's Supper every week so we have uh dozens of decisions every week right every week at the end of service everyone in the room makes a decision yep. for Christ some of them it might be against you know right. but it's like I could just post that up and be like we had a hundred percent of our worship attendance this week made a decision for Christ at the end of the service today. I could post that up every week if I wanted to. You know what I mean? Of like that kind of pastor brag thing. But the reality is, like, how is that actually helpful? Or does that glorify the Lord? And is it really truthful? You know, it's it's really not. But but I would also say, you know, but
1: I would also say, like, you were just, talking, and I'm not saying you have any people in your church this way, but I think there could be in all of our churches that if you didn't post something. <laughs> You know, why didn't we post anything about mm-hmm. that? Like, look yeah. what we did. Why aren't you advertising yeah. that? So you have those type of people too. So well, like... but I mean,
3: I mean, and that's an opportunity for discipling that person, though. like, sure. okay, well, why are we really doing it? Right. You know what I mean? Like, we're we're not. You know, ironically enough, we're not doing it to be seen. <laughs> right. Like we want to be visible because we want people to know about Jesus, not because they want we want them to come to our church. Mm-hmm. You know, um, like like it's like with the tracks. You know, it's like the goal. The goal is not for me to give you a card to say, come to my church. The goal is, is to come to Jesus. And right. if you want to go to a church after that, then you're welcome to come here. But I'm t- I'd am be totally fine to find out, like, hey, there were 10 people last night that read that track and received Christ, and they're all going to churches that aren't Barberville. Cool. Right. I consider that a success. Right. You know what I mean? Um, and I'll probably we'll probably never know what the fruit of that stuff is, but...
1: And the past the pastor that the, the church they go to, the pastor's not gonna tweet, Hey, thanks to Barberville for saying Right. Yeah. yeah. We had one commitment to Christ today.
3: <laughs> Our Sunday morning attendance went yeah. up. Yeah. So one more
2: before we move on. How about crudeness? Um, and mm. we've all seen that where, you know, a believer will post something and maybe it'll have profanity in it, or maybe it'll just be just downright not necessary, um, kind of muckraking, maybe even an ad hominem attack at somebody that just brings division and doesn't really build up anybody. Um, one example that we could talk about as we open up the topic of crudeness might be uh, what's become so popular recently in our culture, which is the phrase, let's go, Brandon. Beep. Because <laughs> <laughs> um, you could look at that from a couple of different angles and you could look at it uh, from a crudeness background, but considering what it really stands for, what's it, what it is a stand in for. Um, so what do you guys think about something like let's go brand? I know we touched on politics and this bleeds into that, but, um, is as an example, is that something we should be posting or, uh, what are you guys thoughts on that?
1: No, because if you go back to the origin of that, mm-hmm. um, <laughs> The first time I saw it, I laughed. Uh, I don't know if y'all know the origin of that. but there, Why don't it, you
2: tell them? Because yeah, it was a, a, most people know, but there may be a few. It was a
1: NASCAR race, and the, the driver had won, whose name was Brandon. And they were interviewing him at the start-finish line at the end of the race. Well, the fans are chanting, F-U, Biden. Uh, that's what they were chanting. Why I don't know why, but that's what they were chanting. And so the, the announcer or the lady interviewing said, well, it's clear that they're, they're yelling, let's go Brandon. And it was obvious. That's not what they were saying. Mm-hmm. Um, and so what I would say is it's absolutely crude just because of the origin of it. The origin of right. it is 100% crude mm-hmm. and 100% something that a Christian should not say, um, regardless of of who the president is, mm-hmm. you know? Um, so I, 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 if you go back to the origin, and some people may not know that. Mm-hmm. Some people may just think, well, it's just against Biden. I'm against Biden. Well, if you go to the origin of it, mm-hmm. F.U. Biden is exactly what,
2: mm-hmm. where that came from. Right. And, like um, if you're a parent, you would not say that in the presence of
0: your children,
1: no, much less no. your
0: Lord or your pastor.
1: Absolutely not. You could connect
0: that as well with our earlier topic about Christian nationalism, mm-hmm. there was a church right after that happened oh, yeah. where that was being led from the right. pulpit. What? And the church.
3: Yeah. yeah. Oh yeah. They were chanting the they over and
0: over again. Um, during the church. service. There were multiple videos posted online of it. Uh, so here you, here you've got a church that's supposed to be a Christian church mm. and they're chanting this knowing what it actually means.
3: Right. Mm-hmm.
0: Um, and so they, they, you know, in that sense, as it, they've definitely taken that service and made it political and made it crude at the same time.
3: I would argue that that's you not know. actually a church service. Well, that <laughs> okay, yes,
0: <but>. I mean <laughs> that definitely could be argued. Um, so, yeah, absolutely. And and one of the things that drives West me Murrow
3: Baptist. <laughs> yeah. It was John Hagee. John Hagee, yeah. And I'm yeah. sure Jeffers. That probably. was
0: that was my
2: first. I no, that West other bird, guy, like The hate Who's Hage. the
3: other guy in Tennessee that all he ever does is talk about politics? Oh, uh, Greg guy. Locke. Greg yeah, Lock. yeah, yeah. I yeah. think they did it too. Yeah. So.
0: And, and wow. so, one of the things that drives me crazy with all of this it, with social media is having somebody, um, even in my church, which which I've had, they'll post a Bible verse, you know, in the morning, and then a little while later, they'll they'll go forgive the language, but this is yeah. funny, right? And they'll post it on there, and right. it's just something absolutely crude. Yes, crudeness. Warm, yep. it's crudeness. Um, and I've had to reach out to people individually and just say, Hey, um, I, I would appreciate it if you wouldn't post these things. And this is why that's tough as a pastor. You're going to earn it your is. stripes on that one. It is because mm-hmm. there, and, and one of the comments I got back really, the first time I tried to do that was this is my page. I'll put whatever I want on my page. Mm-hmm. You right. know, it was that yeah. autonomy. Jesus argument, is not
1: the Lord know. of my Facebook page. Yeah. Yeah.
0: yeah and uh so that that drives me crazy i mean that's what it is right there (laughs) and and then sometimes they'll post uh you know a picture or a meme or something that'll have a a good quote if it were by itself but then you look at where it came from that's what i was about Mm -hmm. to say and the language is you know yeah from f you this or you know whatever it is and you go wait a minute why would you yeah why would you put Mm -hmm. that up there i mean the quote would be great just copy and paste that quote mm-hmm. uh, instead of sharing that to where we could see that. So, yeah, we, we've got to be in in word and deed. Mm-hmm. You know, We've mm-hmm. got to be followers of Jesus. And and no matter what, we need to maintain that witness because a, a watching world is out there looking at us. And they're going, well, you're no different than I am. Why do I need this Christ you keep talking about? So anybody else want to weigh in on Let's Go, Brandon?
3: I, I, I want to ask you guys or thought while we're on that subject, you know, um, last week I just preached the seven woes to the Pharisees that Jesus, uh, preached and that like Matthew
2: 23 or 23. Yep.
3: Yep. And, and when you look at that language and you look at the object lessons that he's using of like whitewash tombs, but when you really like study that out of what the context was, where he was saying this and uh, the fact that he's saying this in public, I mean, some pretty uh, the modern words that we use snakes, savage, yeah. You know, well, not only that, but he's basically saying, "Hey, you see those tombs over there that everybody paints white, so that you don't touch them and defile defile yourselves. Mm-hmm. You know what will uh, separate you from God more than going and touching a dead body? Being a Pharisee. I mean, like, I mean, he basically just spits fire on them for like that entire chapter, mm-hmm. um, and and so so here's here's what I'm what I want so you the, guys to weigh are in on. Are you saying
2: this. that's a slam? Well, what like, I'm on saying the same is, level as Let's Go Brandon, or where
3: are you going? With I'm that? saying I don't, I don't think that it is, but I think people have a hard time with that distinction because okay. what I hear, especially from like an older generation, is, well, I just tell it like it is. That's what everybody liked about Donald Trump, you know, when he'd say something really crude. Right. Well, he he's just telling it like mean it is. mean tweets, yeah. And so the question is, obviously, are the example from the Lord Jesus is there is a time to say things that people are going to perceive as mean, or oh, or or hateful. I mean, J- Jesus was crucified because he made them flaming mad. Mm-hmm. Right? You know and I mean, like it, he wasn't like you know a giant poo John bear guy that wants way. to hug everybody. Yeah, exactly. Yeah,
0: brood of vipers. There's a mean.
3: reason why, and he tell he tells them the passage I'm preaching this week. You know, you guys killed all the prophets, and now you're about to fill up the measure of your father's guilt by killing the Messiah. You know, and so there is a time where you can call things and call people out and tell it like it is. And yet, at the same time, Jesus is the same one that tells us to love our enemies, to pray for those who persecute us. He's the same one that demonstrates gentleness, and uh, and him and Paul both demonstrate respect towards the civil government, tells us we should pray for our leadership. You know, so using, using a phrase like Let's Go Branded in, the, in its original context is the complete opposite of pray for your leaders, right. you know, pray for your enemies, like you should respect the civil government. So, like... I may not agree with all the decisions of the civil government right now, but that but that doesn't mean that I don't respect the role that they have that, that Romans 13 says is given to them by God. So I'm disrespecting God when I disrespect what he's told me to do towards the civil government. So where do you guys draw that line between being crude and just nasty and inappropriate and actually saying something that is going to be highly offensive, but not for the sake of being offensive just because it's truthful? Because Jesus was right about the Pharisees.
1: Mm-hmm. Well, and Paul uh, and, said but he my, called them names. My sin's <laughs> like filthy rags, and when you dig into that, yeah, yeah, it's not very.
3: <laughs> but Jesus, Jesus called people mean names, right? Mm-hmm. So when is it okay for us to call people mean names, and and when is it not, right? Because we've got examples from both. That's a good question.
1: Well, I, I mean, just Jesus wasn't crude, right? I, I don't say perceive what he said. Now people could look at what Paul said and be like, you know, or. Uh, what's the one where he's talking about it's basically crap uh
2: yeah uh, i mean philippians 2 yeah know, yeah consider so, that to be done yeah dung. I mean, yeah
1: so i mean there there is some crudeness but again i would say it still goes back to the heart right? sure like the heart behind it it's like when Driscoll, back in the early days, I know when he used to cuss, like he would say The cussing pastor. Yeah, the, who the, who the oh, hell...
3: I thought did, you were talking about Perry
1: Noble. No, no, yeah, and him him, me and him are boys. Um, yeah.
0: <laughs> Everett Peterson used to say he, he he used baby cuss words.
3: Yeah. Oh, yeah.
1: But I mean, like when Driscoll said, who the hell do you think you are? Uh, he was talking about... In a sermon. Yeah, but he was talking about men who beat women. Right, That's yeah, what he yeah. said. That was the context. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, he did the whole... Uh, gave everybody two stones at a men's conference, uh, get your stones back, um, mm-hmm. that could be perceived as crude. Mm-hmm. Um, would I do those things? No. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, don't, I don't believe they well, that The question
3: cruelty. is, is there an edifying way to, to express those same things? Because I'm sure, you know I mean? well, yeah. Jesus was clearly... Talking about biblical manhood, there's a lot of ways you can talk about that right. without using that as an object lesson. And
1: Jesus was obviously criticized by the right. way he said things. I don't know, that's a great question.
0: I, mean, I don't well, have an I, answer. I've only been here about two and a half months at, at, at Oak Forest. And I'm pretty sure two or three times so far I've called us all filthy wretched sinners, you know, who were in need mm-hmm. of a, a savior. Mm-hmm. Um so in a sense, I mean that <laughs> that's not a very um
3: that's not know, what nice, my grandma
1: said. Yeah,
0: that's not a nice term mm-hmm. to, to be called. My oh,
1: boy Joe Olstein.
0: But in in my in my opinion, I believe that in order for us to realize the need for a savior we need to realize how bad we really are Mm -hmm. and sometimes you need to call people out for who they are you know it's kind of like that way of the master evangelism Mm -hmm. tool that they destroy them with the law destroy them with the law that's (laughs) right
2: man
3: yeah
0: have have you ever told a lie and and they say well yeah of course i have everybody has what does that make you well just like everybody else no no what does that make you
3: hmm a well, liar. Well, yeah. The, the, like, "Yeah,
0: you're a liar." The so tracks that we gave
3: out at the parade last night, they say "Merry Christmas" on the front. And they've got 10 presents on the front, and on the back it says, "God's given us 10 presents in his law the 10 commandments," and then it talks about how you violated all those commandments, there and you because go. of that you're guilty, it's, and this, so how could you ever be saved?" And yeah.
2: So, yeah. to kind of delve into. That's <laughs> good. But to kind of delve into. There's a few 100 in people that got those last year question and to touch on what you brought up, you know, I believe the way of the master, for example, or what Jesus was trying to do in Matthew 23, the goal was repentance, right? right. He's wanting them to repent right. and experience the grace and the mercy and love of God. And I think if that has to always be our heart, if we're going to say something difficult or something incendiary or that's going to cut somebody, they need to know that it's coming from a heart of love. Like I'm wanting to lead you to the fruit of repentance. It's hard to do that on social media yeah. or in an eight-second TikTok video or whatever. But I think maybe that's one of the distinguishing things is, you know, Jesus is trying to lead them to repentance.
3: I think it's that, and I, and I think one of the big differences is is we have to assume motives, but the Scripture says that Jesus knows what's in man. So he, right. wa- he wasn't guessing that the Pharisees were hypocrites. He knew for mm-hmm. sure that the accusations that he brought against them were true. When he accused them of being whitewashed teams and cleaning the cup and— tithing you know on their spices and that those weren't just metaphors that he was using he knew that they were specifically guilty of those Mm -hmm. things we're not we don't know other people's lives on the internet like we've all said you put up Mm -hmm. what you want people to see Mm -hmm. so it's easy to go on there and put somebody on blast about something that they said and you have no idea what's going on in their life you don't know what their situation is and we're just assuming. You don't know you me. Know, yeah. And we're we're just assuming. And I think that's a big difference between us and Jesus is. It, it, now, it, if if as a pastor, if I'm preaching and I know that there's a sin or something going on in my congregation and the text speaks to that, then, yeah, I can go right to the heart of that and say, I know for a fact that there's people in here that are sinning in this way and they need to repent and, mm-hmm. and deal with that. Like you said, with the goal being repentance. But I can't speculate, and especially online, I can't just assume, you know, well, this person's not even saved or whatever, unless they've just done something to clearly uh, expose that.
2: So let me push back just a little bit on, with, like, for instance, the Let's Go Brandon. You know, somebody might say, well, you know, there's nothing. <laughs> I just really
1: like Noseco. I want Biden to repent, so I'm calling him to repent. <laughs> no, that's not what I was
2: going <laughs> to say. But he, he does need to repent, yeah. right? just as everybody does. But, um. So somebody might push back against that and say, well, this is just an expression of my disgust with the direction of the country, and, you know, I don't agree with the direction that we're going, and I'm tired of people telling me that what I see and what I hear isn't really reality. Like, mm-hmm. you know, that whole thing is based on a, just on a lie, pretty much. No, you right. don't hear that. Here's right. what people are really saying. So, you know, maybe somebody might push against that and say, well, you know, it's just kind of a stand-in word, like instead of saying the D word, we say, darn, or, you know, right. it's, it's like a, so you I could get pushed back from it like that. Um, but still you got to look at the heart of the issue.
1: Um, yeah. I mean, it. me and our, my girls are nine and seven. And so it's funny. Y'all may have experienced this as well. Like what I consider a bad word and what my wife considers a bad word are go. two different bad words. And And they'll say something and, um, to have them say, don't say that. And they'll say, well, daddy says it. And I'm like, <laughs> <laughs> wait a minute. I didn't know that was a bad, is that a bad word? And she goes, and apparently Marjorie school said it. Yeah. They have upstairs words. Cause high school's upstairs. They have a high school upstairs words mm-hmm. that they can't use. And I'm like, well, but language is odd, but I've thought about this a little bit. Like I would never cuss from the pulpit just because of the social, regardless we just say it's just a word mm-hmm. because the social connotation is same with drinking you know mm-hmm. it's the same thing I'm not gonna get up in the pulpit and just start drinking a beer uh you know stone cold because I'm trying to get people yeah'll <laughs> <laughs> be some our, that,
3: our text this morning is Austin, Austin 316
1: <laughs> but you know what I'm saying so I'm not gonna do those things um because of that the social connotation I know some people say well you know uh, that's you should be different but you got to understand what you're doing. You know, if I were to, as a pastor, go up there and just start cussing like a sailor, people would be just offended by it. People mm-hmm. would leave the church. Um, so I've got to be aware of the way I say things and the words that I use, regardless of what those words are. You know, like with my girls, if I say crap, well, that's a bad word in our house. Well, I don't need to use it. You know? Um, so I, I think it's, We've just got to be mindful of words, and yeah, there's there's that, and
2: there's tons of scripture on that, right? Yeah, James one, book of Proverbs,
1: and there's and I and and like you just said, and what we're talking about a little bit, there's those gray area words, like you said, the opie opie Taylor cuss words, um, that are they bad? I think again, it goes to the heart. Mm -hmm. Uh, If I am exchanging that for a cuss word, you know, and I'm cussing in my heart. Well, that's right. the same part. thing.
3: Yeah. Well, I mean, I I think the the main principle behind it, because we've talked about Christian liberty, right? And mm-hmm. for some people, you know, they need to follow their convictions if they're convicted about certain words, and they don't need to use those words. They need right. to obey their conscience, you know, that God's given them. But I think the general principle that's guiding it is, is you know, is, is your speech edifying? Is it yeah. build, Is it building others up? Is it honoring to the Lord? You know, are you saying things that you would not say, in front of the Lord Jesus and and like, you know, and, and if you're able to use things that other people recognize are not edifying and you make the excuse because that's what you're, well, I'm not saying anything I wouldn't say to their face Mm -hmm. or I, I, yeah, I'd say it if Jesus was here. Okay, well, that doesn't necessarily mean that that it's right for you to say that it might mean that you're lost or that you're very spiritually immature if you're Mm -hmm. okay with that. You know, I mean, I would say, like, honestly, if I saw if I saw somebody in my church posting a bunch of Let's Go Brandon stuff on social media, my my question to them would be like, you know, uh, are you honoring the Lord Jesus with that? Like, like, is that what he would have you say? Mm-hmm. And and that's not to say that we can't say harsh things about the government. Because like I said, Jesus gave us an example. He had no problem calling out sin. You know, the stuff that's going on with the Supreme Court with abortion. There's nothing wrong with going on there and saying abortion is murder. And and our nation has accumulated a ton of guilt for for the millions of maybe babies, babies that we've murdered. And we're going to be judged by God. Mm-hmm. And we're under that judgment even now. You can say harsh things like that. And yet, what, like you said, what's the purpose? It's repentance. It's mm-hmm. building up. It's honoring the Lord. When you just get up there and cuss about a president or somebody you don't like or whatever, what good does that do anybody?
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: It just taps into the zeitgeist of the culture where everybody's mad and everybody's upset that gas is so high and inflation. Right. It just taps into the misery of humanity because misery loves company, right? Mm. And but it doesn't solve anything. It, it may vent our anger for a little bit, but in the end. Are we really going to be happier in four years? Well,
1: I know one thing I was, and I don't want to go down this rabbit hole, and I debated even mention it, but one of the things that um, I was kind of heartbroken by, and this was by pastors in some of our private groups, and even seeing some things being said was the debate about the rebel flag. The rebel flag that was out there. The Confederate flag. I'm sorry. Yeah, the Confederate flag and to see the people absolutely defending it just out, you know out and out defending wave it and posting heritage not hate and all that mm-hmm. that is not edifying jesus whatsoever that goes back to christian nationalism too yeah. well
3: i don't know what i don't know i
1: <laughs> well He's got a rebel flag in his I'm kidding. I don't, but I, but I,
3: so one of the things that I've learned recently is that there's a whole lot about civil war history that I was not taught in school. Um, Yeah. And so without, and I'm not educated enough on this, but I have pastor friends that have studied, uh, American history much more than I have that, that, uh, would make those same arguments, you know, that the Confederate flag is not inherently associated with slavery and uh, white supremacy and stuff like that. They would make those arguments and they would make them from history and from actual documentation. So I don't have a strong position one way or another on that. Um, but I think even in that case, it's a situation where uh, I would have said the same thing you said a year ago. And then I've had some conversations with guys and they were like, well, did you really understand, you know, all the aspects that were going on in history during this time and why certain people were fighting the war? And it wasn't, you know, not every bit of it was about slavery. Obviously, some of it was. But I'm like, no, I actually didn't really know any of this. So,
1: Well, and, and I'm not trying to
3: we can do a, another I, yeah, I got some yeah, that's guys the rabbit I, trail we'll we'll, yeah. we'll do an it's episode one, we'll do but, an episode on the south rise again i'll get those guys to but come. the
1: flip but when we're talking about the social con- <laughs> context mm-hmm. and the one pushback i've had talk to some african-americans right yeah because and, and that's where i could view a word whether it be poop somebody might find that offensive Well, I've got to keep that in in mind. Mm -hmm. And if I say, well, I'm just going to say poop because you think it's a... I'm free to do it. I'm free to do it. Well, that's not... I think think, free
2: doesn't mean I have the ability to do any and everything I want.
3: And that's exactly what Paul's talking about when he says I've become all things to all men. Like, hey, if this person's uh, Jewish and they're obeying the laws, I'm not going to bring pork chops to the house for dinner. (laughs) If that's going to affect my relationship with this person, I'm willing. Do I have the freedom to do it? Sure. He says the same thing with giving. He's like, I'm an apostle. I can demand that you give me money. And yet I don't do that. You're under no obligation because I'm not putting any kind of burden or any kind of restriction on you that's going to hinder my ministry. So it's the same, it's the same way with that on social media. I mean, that's like, for me, I've got, I've got people on, uh, that follow my Facebook page that are like, that are Christian nationalists. I've got people that are like trans LGBT community, like Mm -hmm. all that kind of stuff. Like I, like I've got all kinds of people like that. So I try not to post things now. I can't say in years previous, but I try to post things that are in uh intentionally inflammatory, right? Because because I want to preserve those relationships and it's like listen, you know, I'm if there's something biblical that I want to post, I'm not going to back down from that, but you know, if I wanted to get on there, I could post stuff and have so many people unfriend me on every side if I wanted to of just stuff that I think or that I want to do or whatever. And what I realized is is you know, again, how how does that benefit the gospel in any way for for me to post some political stuff that's going to make somebody hate my guts and break that relationship off mm-hmm. that's lost when i don't have to do that or you can have those conversations actually in person and say Good hey point. hey look look at my facial expressions. that's the whole reason why we do this right mm-hmm. the, the whole reason we started the podcast for those of you who maybe weren't there in the beginning is most of us have known each other for years and and there's this group online uh, the elephant room that we would have these kind of discussions with and it was easy for people to observe online and think like, oh, well, Ben and Adam must hate each other's guts because they've got a a, to- a totally different ministry philosophy or whatever. And we knew that we didn't, but mm-hmm. other people didn't know that. And so by seeing us in the room, having differences of opinion, you can realize, like, I don't hate any it's of these It's different guys. when you're
2: in flesh and blood you know, talking to somebody yeah. rather than sitting behind them. I mean, the that,
3: that's like if people went to your church and my church, it, there would be a whole lot that's a whole lot different. But I know you're preaching the gospel, and right. I know people are being saved and, you know, Uh, I'm supportive of that. And yet we can debate about eschatology or Molinism or, you know, whatever Whatever. it is that we want to do.
0: I think you hit on something though, that's major. When, when we post things that are, um, we'll we'll just say very inflammatory, just say towards a political party for one, if we post those kinds of things on our social media, we, we've already uh, pigeonholed ourselves into Mm -hmm. a corner um, and we've already let everybody know that if they believe something different than us, um, then, then we can't come together. You, you, I mean, mm-hmm. you, you've, you've already angered them. You've, you've separated them. You know, I've, I've heard pastors from the pulpit, you know, make statements, angry statements uh, about people in the LGBTQ community, um, uh, people who uh, stand on a different side politically than they do as a church, mm-hmm. which, by the way, uh, the odds of your whole church being one political party is slim to none. <laughs> now, they might be very quiet if they're in the minority, uh, but it's it's probably slim to none, the, the chances that that's not the case. And you so, mean there's
3: not only one party for Christians? Yeah, I
0: know. <laughs> oh. <laughs> and so when you blast a particular party, which, by the way, let's go Brandon, would would fall into that category For most people, you know, you you, haven't
3: seen any Democrats chanting that. Right, right. That's what I'm saying.
0: So you're going to say that and you've already isolated yourself from a a, a large group of people. And my calling as a minister of the gospel is to reach any and everybody. Mm -hmm. Gotcha. And so if I'm going to blast people and constantly just and, and, and sometimes not even blasting, I'm just posting certain things on my social media page that automatically tells everybody else, you're not welcome to me. Mm-hmm. We're, we're at odds with each other already. So they're not going to come to my church because they're, they're going to assume that my church stands where I am, which most likely they would in, in most cases. Um, and, and so we can ruin our witness. We can ruin opportunities to reach out to these people if we're not careful. And, and so social media needs to be, you know, reined in. Yeah, for sure. No, I it's can it's the same today. thing
3: like with the church. It's like if somebody wants to leave our church or they don't want to join the church because they just don't like the gospel, they're like, I just don't want to be told that I'm a sinner or whatever. Okay, well, I can't help you with that. Sure. Like we have to talk about that. But God forbid somebody would want to leave a church because of, you know, well, you know, I vote a different way and I don't feel like I can be a member here or whatever. And we can talk about worldview issues and stuff like that associated with parties. But, but you've got some of these churches where, you know, like you said, if you don't fit into, I vote a certain way, I think a certain way, I support certain things, then I can't be a member of that church. If it's not the gospel, then that church is doing something wrong. Mm-hmm. And if and if people are unfriending you on Facebook because you're just, you know, pouring gas on a fire somewhere, that's not edifying Jesus. It's like, if you're like, hey, I want to let you know I unfriended you because you keep posting the scripture and it makes me feel really convicted and I don't want to read it anymore. It's like, well, Okay. But if it's like, you know, all you ever talk about is this political person or whatever, and I'm just tired, we can't be friends anymore. It's like, that would really be a shame, Mm -hmm. you know, for you to lose that relationship over something that's not the end of the world.
2: Mm -hmm. So let me ask you a question to piggyback off what you were talking about, about destroying those relationships before we can ever really develop them. And of course the elephant room where a lot of times deep theological discussion would take place. Um, is it even profitable in many occasions to debate these things online? Like, if we're going to get in a, a group and talk about um, evolution or abortion or LBGT, the VAX, um, whatever, I mean, are we really getting anywhere in those arguments? Have you really won anybody over to your side? I mean, do you see any profit from getting in those kind of discussions online? Um, or are we just really driving those wages even deeper?
1: I think it depends. I I would say you can, and I've had, I've, I've had discussions with people that it wasn't as though I won the argument or anything like that, but we came to kind of a general agreement of, okay, I understand your position.
2: What is it? Uh, was it more like an agree to disagree type yeah, thing? Yeah. Or, or, or uh, yeah. man, I understand your idea a yeah. lot better now that you it was more
1: it of an understanding, right. you okay. know, as opposed to always viewing them as a straw man, you know? Um, but I think the the problem with social media, as I saw today, um, the problem is, is when you have, like, if I make a comment um, or post, and then somebody else comments, and I respond to them, and then somebody else jumps in, like, there's nothing fruitful going on. I made a comment today on Perry Noble's thing about how he loves Joel Osteen, and um, I just basically said he didn't preach the gospel. And, um, that's harsh, yeah, yeah, yeah. that's crude. Um, but then I literally, there was Facts, probably, but factual. yeah, it was probably 20 or 30 different people who were commenting and replying to me. And so here I am, I haven't done this in a long time. You got dogpiled. I got dogpiled. So I'm sitting there trying to like, you know, comment, comment Bobby Burgess jumped in and he was trying to help me. So it was like, yeah, I got somebody with me. But, but I realized that in that moment, it, this is not going anywhere. Right. right. There, there's, there's too many people. Too many voices. It's like a whole lot of people in one big room just yelling at each other. You're mm-hmm. not going to get anywhere with that. So I, once I recognized that too late, mm-hmm. I was like, okay, I'm going to withdraw. And my phone's still been replying. People still <laughs> oh, replying to me. On I'll give day. you a
2: perfect example. So there was a lady who was loosely affiliated with our church back in the day. When I was a pastor there in the early years, she came. Her family was involved, but drifted away from church. Haven't seen her there in a long time. So she posted something. This this lady posted something a while back about um, something about um, sexual freedom and men, men should uh, get vasectomies before um, you know they go out and have a bunch of illegitimate babies. Like that that should be the thing. Like it's we we could do that and prevent abortions as and all opposed
1: this, to birth control,
2: as opposed to abstinence, right? Oh, so okay. I kind of made right. that argument and I said because I had had a relationship with her in the past. I said, well, you know, biblically, why don't we just try abstinence? It seemed to work well for me and, you know, my wife and our situation um, seemed like that's what the Bible would have us to do.
1: That's not possible.
2: Well, <laughs> All right. from then on. Like, myself
1: no. yeah, This is was, America.
2: <laughs> <laughs> it was just completely gone from then. Like it was just, she kind of got on an attack mode and everything. Mm-hmm. But at that moment, I realized, you know what? This is not profitable. She's not open to receiving the truth. If I were to push this further, like it would just further destroy the relationship. And it just wasn't going anywhere. And I think we all have that tendency. We want to get the last word in. We want to be the one that's right. We want to be the guy that's the smartest one in the room. And so many times we've all been in those debates where we're debating whatever controversial topic. And we get we got to get to a point where we realize, hey, nobody's needle is being moved on this like we're just getting further entrenched in our position and yeah meanwhile you, other people are scrolling through reading all of that and what are what are the uh, the wallflowers right. what are they gathering mm-hmm. from that discussion
1: well then i mean on the elephant room and i'll I'll talk about this cuz i know we have some people that are in the elephant room you know we've had to boot two or three people out mm-hmm. of the elephant room And the main reason was, is they were unwilling to have dialogue.
3: It wasn't a conversation. There was
1: not, there was no willingness to have a conversation. It was like, I'm going to come in take a quick shot and get out. If you, if you respond to me or you, you know, are against me, you're attacking me. And there was no interest in conversation. Mm-hmm. And it's like, and and, and I, mul- I I would message them, be like, you've got to engage in conversation. Don't just come in and take a pot shot and then try to get out. Mm-hmm. Um, but they were unwilling to do that. And so, of course, well, then we kicked them out, then they're the, you know, they're the martyrs. So, um, but if, anytime you get into social media discussions, is it profitable? And it's not just about, am I, is this going to glorify Jesus? Is this Helping edify somebody or or pointing them to repentance or anything like that, and I would still debate it's hard. I mean, mm-hmm. social media is still not the best place. It is possible, mm-hmm. but more likely than not, you're not going to get anywhere. Right? Rock what on. do you
2: guys? What y'all's experience y'all two down there?
0: Well, I can give you a, a, just a recent instance on on my own social media. Um, I posted a comment um, that that I I really felt was was good beneficial. Um, somebody jumped on, disagreed, took it as something totally different than what it was. Um, and, you know, came back with a long response. I responded back. There was another response that gets angrier Mm. from that point, you know, each time. And I began to realize through the conversation that it wasn't beneficial. You know, it wasn't, uh, going to, to move his needle any at all. But then at the same time, I began to realize that that same individual was the constant negativity on my social media. Mm -hmm. You know, if if I was going to post anything, um, he was going to find something wrong with it. There you go. It was going to be a a negative. And so there was nothing beneficial to my connection with him on social media. And I finally realized, you know, number one, I need to shut Mm -hmm. him off. Uh, cuz he's not willing to to engage in real conversation Adam got He had to, already blocked he had him. already blocked him because he had commented, you know, about some Bible things verse as well. And all he did was send a Bible verse and he blocked him. Probably a modern it translation. And everything else. <laughs> and so it 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 really went down a, a, a bad trail. Not that there was cursing and those kinds of things, but it was not beneficial. And other people were jumping on, and I could just see that this thing was just growing. And so I I basically blocked him, removed him from all social media. But then I also removed that post completely Mm because I didn't want any more people jumping on there looking at it. And then I posted uh, an apology. Um, and, And I just said, look, many of you saw a post recently um that that was talking about this particular topic and I just want you to know that this did you know it wasn't going well. I, I wasn't seeing anything beneficial from it, so I decided to move it. But I want to apologize that I allowed it to get to that point. And I think that that's part of what we're missing too is that social decorum. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> and and so we we might stop commenting but we don't pick up the pieces that we've broken down either, and and I think a lot of people are looking at us when they see us commenting on these pages and you know talking back and forth with somebody and it's getting heated and and, and all that kind of stuff. They see it just end and and it ended on a bad note, and we're not um, you know creating anything good from it. It's just a negative thing, mm-hmm. and many times we need to be willing to come out and just say, "Hey, I'm sorry for that." You know, I, I, I believe what I put out. I mean, I believe what I said. I'm not, so I'm not apologizing for what I said necessarily, unless you need to apologize for what you said. And, and, but and it, gets it. but and it gets twisted sometimes. But it gets twisted sometimes. And you just need to say, hey, I, I'm sorry that I let it go this far. Uh, and so I've chosen to remove my comments. I've chosen to remove the post, whatever it may be. Mm-hmm. So I think we there is a decorum that, that we need to hold to. Uh, as people of Christ, that's for mm-hmm. sure, when it comes to social media.
2: What about you, Ben? you you, you seen any positivity come out of it? I mean, like, I, brought an atheist to agnosticism or moved, it, moved somebody a different way on a debate? Um, I
3: ha- I have seen fruit before, but it's definitely very, very little compared to the amount of conversations. I think a couple of things that I've learned over the years, especially from doing it wrong, is... Uh, you got to kind of, you got to know the playing field that you're in when you go into the conversation, you know, is this, is this even the kind of person that's willing to have, like, like I'll tell people all the time, you know, like, like if they'll bring up some objection, you know, what about this in the Bible? or what? Okay. So you're telling me that if I can give you into an answer an answer to this, that you're going to repent of your sins and trust in Jesus right. Christ alone for your salvation. Well, the answer is almost always not. Right. So, so don't so, cast your so pearls they, before the swine. Right, so yeah. if the, so, you kind of test the waters first of, like, is this person, like you said, you know, when you do that first comment and you, and that person shields up, like, after the first comment, it's like, okay, this, yeah. you know, we're not going to be able to talk. Mm-hmm. However, you know, like a closed group, like the Elephant Room, that's, that's kind of designed for that. And that's why some people have wondered sometimes why I'll kind of go right at somebody, like, even, like, one of y'all. It, well, that's because that's a closed group. We're not doing that in front of church members this is, uh, we know that we're, we're brothers and we can get a little more rigorous in our conversation because, um, you know, we, the watching world is not there or whatever, you know, where we can kind of go at each other a little more we respectfully, you know, um, whereas if it's like on my page and I've got like, you know, somebody that's, you know, homosexual commenting on something. And then one of my other friends wants to come on there and put them on blast. It's like, okay, hold on We're, we're not going to do this. This is not the right place to try to, you don't know this person's story. You don't know what their situation is, whatever. Um, it's not going to be helpful to anybody to do that. However, I mean, there have been times where I've had conversations with people and normally that's like a private message or something like that based on something that I said where they'll say, you know, I'm trying to think through this issue or I have this question or whatever. And there's some humility there. And in that case, it's like, okay, we can, we can really have a conversation. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, one of the things I realized, you know, if if uh, you're a listener of the podcast, you know, Terry Hollifield because he's been on here. You know, Terry's a super smart guy. And so Terry and I, over the years, you know, a few years ago, if you go and look at our interactions on there, <laughs> we it was like a hundred comments of like just me and Terry back and forth. What about this? What about this? What about this? <laughs> and if you look now, it's like two comments in and I'm just like, cool, bro. Peace out. God bless you. You know, and and it's not like I don't have my convictions anymore or that either one of us is totally persuaded of the other's position. But one of the things that Terry and I have realized is that is, and some of that can even be personality. I think just personality wise, I always interact with Terry better in person than I do online because it's easy for me to get so much in my own head with ideas that I forget that it's a human being that I'm talking to. And I just see it as like a project or like a puzzle that I'm trying to solve. And so it's my, my personality's tendency is not, is to view people as, uh, as, um, like checklist items and not as like human beings. And so online interaction for me is just not generally a good thing. Um, because it's easy to forget there's a person on the other end of that screen that you're talking to and their experiences and their life and everything informs the way that they're having that conversation. So like when Terry and I are together in person, I love talking to him and I learn a lot from him and he and I have had fruitful conversations even on the podcast here where I have learned things and I have softened in some of my positions and I have like, for instance, I, I'm pretty convinced at this point that I think Molinism is a, is a logically consistent system based on its presuppositions. So I'm still not a Molinist. But if, but, you've pre- moved but if I move in the but, direction a little bit, a, as, a, as a, well as opposed to just saying that it's just completely, completely logical or God's like forced like, him that way. You know, <laughs>
1: his
3: heart's being five, five years ago, I, w- I would have said, uh, "Yeah, I would have said five years ago, uh, you you uh, are not a logically consistent person. You're not a reason a reasoning person if you uh, ascribe to a system like that. That Calvinism is the only reasonable, you know, uh, position to have on soteriology." And I've changed on that, you know. I, I've I've met people that I think, okay, I have different pre- presuppositions than I do, but I can at least see where they're coming from. And I mm-hmm. see when they're pointing out texts and things like that, like, okay, I I see I see where you are at. I am not there, but again, the same thing with baptism. You see
2: where the argument holds water, exactly. You say, okay, I could I don't buy into that, but I see where you are coming from,
3: right? And I, I I think the most valuable thing that we can do online is is have a few comments, test the waters, and see kind of how it's going. And the most beneficial things I've had is follow up research resources, you know, hey, you know what, I can't really explain it. Here's a video that really explains it good. Or here's a book that you could read that gives a better treatment of the topic or something like that to where people walk away being able to learn a little bit more and interact a little bit more because the reality is, I mean, (laughs) you know, we're talking about, people had councils with hundreds of bishops Mm -hmm. trying to sort things out. And we think we're going to, we're going to work out the, we're going to nail it between the two of us on Facebook. Like, come on.
1: Well, I'll say this, and this is what I'll end with is I was sitting here thinking, you know, Ben and I, we've known each other. I don't know how long. And I know the first, our first interactions on Facebook, I wouldn't say they were bad, but like I had a, I had this character. Character. I was. Cage, I word. was
3: for sure cage stage when we first.
1: Right. Met. So. So you were. You were. You were that. Guy. <laughs> like no doubt. You were, that, you were that guy. And you yeah, probably. Me looked,
3: and three of my friends were saved.
1: Yeah. That, that was it. And you probably looked at me as this liberal Andy Stanley lover who's a heretic. But here's what's what's great is because of social media. Honestly, you and I. I, I consider you a close brother in Christ. I mean, and like, yeah, we disagree on stuff, but I don't. I you're not our disagreements. You're Ben, right? right you're my right. brother in Christ. These are just ideas. Yeah. And like yeah. with Ray, like Ray and I didn't really know each other, but mm-hmm. over in the last like year or so, like he's become one of my closest friends uh, like through social media and now he's here and, and we're doing stuff or our wives like each other and you know, we're doing stuff together. So there are definite positives. And I would say the key to social media is to go beyond it.
3: Yeah, go
1: beyond the social media because if all you do is if you make this person what you think they are on social media, you're not going to get to know them well. And I know that I've benefited greatly from so many different. I'll I'll give you another name, and I don't know that he watches this, but Branton. Yeah, you know Branton. I knew Branton a little bit. Probably not. He's too smart to watch this. (laughs) I knew, (laughs) I knew Branton a little bit at Fruitland, and um. I, I didn't have a good opinion of him just from the, the he preached in chapel one time and it was like, oh, this Calvinist guy, oh, you know, and then i saw some other interactions on Facebook and I think he and I got into it one time, but then I met him. I consider him a great brother in Christ. Like, yeah, hey, but I get along great. We're actually going to a pastor's dinner tonight. I'm sure I'll see him. And he and I've become good friends. Are we in agreement with everything? No. But I don't look at him as our disagreements. Right, I look at him right. as Branton. And, um, so try to go beyond social media because, man, there's some great people out there. And uh, <laughs> they may not be what they seem to be online. Uh, yeah, so, Dude, yeah. That's,
2: that's really good. That's actually how I wanted to end everything on a positive note and talk about some of the good things um, that have come out of that. Um, I know, Ben, you touched on that. Adam, your relationship, have you all grown? What about you? Ray, anything positive you want to finish us off with?
0: Yeah, absolutely. Um, f- for me, social media has uh, it, it's two main things. Mm-hmm. So one thing is I use it for um, the gospel as much as I can. All right. Um, I every day I post Bible verses on multiple different social media outlets. Um, I do online videos and things, just encouragement videos, little devotions or whatever it may be, which are good, by Uh, the
1: way, go ahead. I
0: appreciate that. Um, but, but I, I do these things to encourage people and through those things, I've actually connected with people, essentially all around the world mm-hmm. i mean i've had people send me you know messages from bangkok or you know whatever and say hey man uh so and so is a friend of mine sent me this i really enjoyed it i appreciate it wow Love what you had to say those kinds of things and it's kind of struck up some conversations and so i have um connected with a lot of people mm-hmm. through social media and at the same time i've stayed connected with people that i'm not near uh, some family members, you know, I, I'm able to share pictures and, you know, things that um, they can kind of keep up with our journey and keep up with what's going on. And so I've seen a lot of benefit. I, I have seen some, um, a, a few, not many, where there was some tension in the beginning where that that softened and, and you know, we became friends and that sort of thing. Um, I, but I I, I don't say, I, I guess I would go along with Ben on this. I don't think that the, the small number, you know, versus the amount of conversations I've had mm-hmm. really equals out anywhere. Right. Um, so uh, in in what I use it for, it's been a great thing. Mm-hmm. It really has. And, and I advocate for social media if done in the right way. And then occasionally I get off track and I have to, walk back a little bit, remove a post, stop commenting, or even remove people. Uh, And and I think we need to understand that too. It's okay to remove people from your social media. It's okay if, Mm -hmm. if that's just causing problems in your life. Is causing you to be negative or or whatever it is. Um, it,
2: Paul would say, "Do not even sit down and eat with us." Absolutely, kind of you know. And,
0: and and you've tried to share the good news of the gospel, and they're they're just adamant and evil back to you or whatever. Um, you know, the the disciples were even told, "Hey, shake the dust off your feet. Right. Keep your dust off your feet, and keep going. You did your job. Mm-hmm. You shared what you, mm-hmm. you were supposed to share." Um, and and so I've seen benefit in that as well and and had other people comment to me back you know thank you for posting that apology on this or whatever mm-hmm. and that has that's a win too that's yeah. a win
2: yeah so to, to top things off um and and I would echo all all of that too brother Ray is that um I've seen great things come out of social media I, I too post articles and I have a blog and I send that out every week and which is also good well thank you brother and i've had i've had people that i don't even know be like hey you know my friend emailed this to me and it was a real blessing to me also our church uh, we've we've had people come to the church because they've noticed things that we posted on our social media page or somebody from the church shared it on somebody else's page and they noticed it and they've trickled in i mean I, I, i think of one gentleman in his family right now who came to us Um, just a few months ago because he started watching online and then he got interested when we do our, um, devotions and things, started reading, went to the website and, you know, that was kind of the front door of the church. And then he Mm -hmm. made the jump to come in and now he's involved. He's got his family there. I mean, so if done well, social media can help you tremendously. Mm -hmm. And, um, that's kind of the way I'd want to finish it off today and say that it's a tool, And so wield it wisely and always use it for the glory of the gospel and uh, for the advancement of Christ. So we're going to sign off here today. Uh, Brother Derek, uh, Ben, Ray, Adam, we say goodbye to you. And until next episode, be blessed, and we'll see you then.
1: You can continue the conversation online by visiting us on Facebook at facebook.com slash the number four horseman. Don't forget to tell your friends and enemies about the podcast. And be sure to subscribe and review.